with this with this section of the Torah, it really gets down to the nitty gritty laws of all the different laws. Uh, first, he's going to discuss, you know, uh, laws. In this case, it's laws of uh, slaves. You know, in those days, there was such a thing as slaves. Mm-hmm. It's going to discuss damages. It's going to discuss monetary issues. It's going to discuss, you know, uh, various uh, different, uh, you know, penalties for, and 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 what the obligations are for, you know, uh, uh, losing objects and stealing and. Uh, Various various laws, but there is it's very interesting. Just in the beginning, what is the first word? What is the first word in this section? What is the first word? We'll just yeah. see how. And how does the Hebrew spell? Okay. And what is the whole word? So you do the whole. Yeah. So you say and and what? And these. Okay. So right away, what does it mean? And these. Now. In the Hebrew, how does how does and these and these how does that how does that make what is it written what is the word for and these and how would it be if it was just been these Ela the v makes what does it make a difference when it says these or if it says and these what does the word and add to more than this. Good. And these. And these. Meaning, this is an addition. When somebody said these, I'm trying to make a stipulate. That's a condition. I'm saying these are. If I say and these, then it's following in addition to the previous ones. Now, what is it? What is this saying here? And these. What else happened before? What happened the previous portion? In the previous portion, we read about the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened with the Ten Commandments? How did Moses receive the Ten Commandments? Exactly. Where did God tell him? Where was Moses when God told him? Mount Sinai. That's great. So, what the verse. Now, if you see, these are the commandments that, what does it say? And these are the commandments that you, who's you? Who's you shall put before them? Who's the you? Moses. Moshe Rabbeinu. And these, who's saying this? This is God saying, we are we're recording a conversation between God and Moses. Okay? God is saying to Moses, he's saying to him what? saying, and these are the laws or the ordinances that you shall place before them. So what does he mean when he says, and these are the ordinances you should place before them? Meaning, in addition to the other ordinances. And this is coming to teach us a very, very important uh, principle that we know that God gave all the laws to Moses while he was on Mount Sinai which means that in addition to what we see directly you know the Ten Commandments and maybe some others but we're saying here and these ordinances and these ordinances meaning 
God is saying to him as a follow-up that this was a continuation. This tells us that these two were given to Moses while he was on the Mount Sinai. Because that's the subject matter that we talked about before. And these are the ordinances too. You understand? Yeah. Now, then the next Let me ask you a question. Sure. Does the word ordinance mean when he talks before the Ten Commandments, you don't say the Ten Ordinances? Oh, okay, very good. Excellent. Okay, what is an ordinance? In the Hebrew, I want to just say to you, in the Hebrew, to uh, use for the words of God's commands, or God's laws, God's rules. So we're saying different words. We're saying laws, we're saying rules, we're saying commands, we're saying instructions. There's various different... Mitzvot. Mitzvot. Oh, that's exactly right. So what is the meaning in particular? What language do we use here? Hamishpatim. What are... What is... I'm not so sure in the English translation what the meaning of an ordinance is, but I know the way it's translated in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, a mishpatim are those rules that are logical. See, the basically the Torah is divided into three categories of rules that God commands of God. We have 613 commands. Mm-hmm. Out of the 613 commandments, there are 248 that are positives, which are dues. Mm-hmm. There are 365 which you shall not do. Mm-hmm. Of the 248 that you shall do, there are three categories. Those are divided into three categories. One of these, one of the category is the category of logical rules, mm-hmm. such as you shall not steal, or well, which is a prohibition really, but that's okay, but it's prohibitions are also included. That's a logical. There is a logical honor your parents, honor your father and your mother. Those are logical. Those are mishpatim. Those are logical. Then you have another category which are testimonials. They are called like edus. For example, we celebrate Passover. So Passover commemorates the liberation of the Jews of Egypt. So it's not completely illogical. It's not like you shall steal or shall honor your parents because if somebody would not tell you well there is a, a mitzvah to go ahead and commemorate a holiday so then maybe it's a nice thing but it's not something you know that you would come on your own. Not something logical. So that's called edus. That is the second category of edus. Then you have chukim. Chukim are statues. Those are meaning those are irrational. They are not explainable. We don't know why the Torah told us to do so. It's just in Rashi even when Rashi talks about them he says the Gentiles would you know tease the Jewish people and say what kind of a logic, what sense, it doesn't make any sense, why are you doing this stuff? So here the word is the mishpatim. Uh, God is telling him the mishpatim, he's telling him the uh, logical rules of it because most of the rules that we're going to really follow are, I told, I, as I mentioned to you, are between man and man, which is property, which is situations like that. So that's why the Torah uses and says, and these are the mishpatim of the ten ordinances that you said, the ten commandments. They're not called 
Mishpatim, they're called ten sayings or the Ten Commandments. People usually translate it as Ten Commandments. The Hebrew, Hebrew is not commandments. Hebrew, it's Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Sayings. Those are ten, ten utterances of, of, of God with regards to uh, the Ten. But people call it the Ten Commandments. That's what people used to calling it. But over here, he uses specifically the language of Mishpatim, of the logical. And these laws or what God, the Torah is recording now that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai and he told him to do. Now, I just wanted to make another note. What is the next word? So we're seeing every word we're translating. The word Ve'ela, we translated. The word Hamishpatim, we're saying what it is. Now, what does the next two words mean? What does it say? Asher? Asher oh, What does Asher Tasim mean? What is it interpreted? I can only tell you from reading. So what does the English say? That you shall place. So what does it mean, an ordinance you place? You can teach an ordinance, you can give over, what does it mean that you should place? How do you place an ordinance? What is the meaning of the words, asher tasim, that you place an ordinance? How, how do you place an ordinance? You don't place it anywhere? It's not a space thing. So Rashi says there's a very an interesting uh, idea over here. That God was telling Moses that he should place it before them. Placing it means to articulate it and make it clear and give them the reasoning behind them. It's placing is like a table that you place food on the table. You know, enrich, originally, how do you get the food to the table? You have to go, you have to buy the food, or in the olden days, you have to sow the ground, and then you have to grind it into flour, into, into, and then knead the flour and bake the bread, and, you know, and then, well, some people do all the work in the background, right? That's, then the host goes and just puts it onto the table for you, right? Toss him the flame, puts it, in other words, he gives you the whole ready made thing. And it gives you now, doesn't give you bits and pieces. In this case, it means that he actually explains it all to you. He makes it ready for your consumption. So now everything is clear. God didn't want them just to uh, repeat it and just to say the words and know it. He wanted to place it before them, meaning, placing this case, meaning that it's ready to consume, to understand, to give them logic and, 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 and have them enjoy it. And then there's one more final word. What is the final word of this verse? Lifnaya. Before them. This is a very, also a very interesting. You know that there is a, uh, a rule, a very important law in Judaism that we don't go to courts, to secular courts. That we only go to Jewish courts. Now, of course, you're going to tell me, well, we all go to secular courts all the time. Now, if one of the parties is not going to listen to the uh, court, uh, okay, so what else is there to do? So you have no choice but to take things to the secular court. But when two Jews have a dispute, and I'm talking about Jews that follow the court's decision, the rabbis, because in the end of the day, the rabbinical court doesn't have that much teeth to it, because they don't have the enforcement power. Today we don't have an enforcement, so the Bet Din, which is the court, can rule anything they want, and then the people don't follow. Of course, of course. It is prohibited for people to go to non-Jewish courts. Wait, in Israel is it? No, also in the States. Where? You're asking who practices? Well, if you're talking about 
too religious. Well, there is, there are set up courts. Really, there are set up courts. Now, a court is—it's interesting. There are regular courts, which means that they would accept disputes. But the Torah has a very uh, came up with a very interesting way to keep things fair and square. What it's called. It's called a zablo. It's called a zablo is a, is a uh, an abbreviation of the word ze boider loyechad, which means like this. The way it works is, say I have a dispute with you. Okay, we have a say. I say, you say, well, you borrowed money from me. You know, you owe me a thousand dollars. I say I paid it back or whatever. Okay, so we're having a dispute. And so you say, let's go to this court. I say, no, no, I don't like that court. I'm going to go to this court. Okay, what do we do? Who's, who's going to do? So the way we do it is like this. We say to you like this. You go ahead, pick any rabbi you want that you think is going to be in your favor. So you say, okay, I know this rabbi. He's a good friend of mine. He's very smart. I trust him. Okay, let him argue my case. You give him your case. So you trust him. Now that rabbi is supposed to do halacha. He could be your friend, but he's, he represents you. I go and I get a rabbi who represents me. And these two rabbis, one representing one of me, go and choose a third rabbi that they both can agree upon. So now you have a basin of three. And now, whatever the ruling is, that remains binding. But are those two rabbis judge, lawyers or judges? They are they're the judges. They, they rule the case. Now, a lot of times they say, look, they make a, they, they sign a contract before they go under the under the ruling. They sign a contract that we will do it as close to the Torah ruling as possible. But you know, then what happens if they rule and then somebody goes and proves to them and says, "Oh, you made a mistake. You misinterpreted. You know, your ruling is invalid." So they make the people in order to cover themselves. They make the people sign a document. It doesn't matter how we're going to rule. Our ruling is final. It's in like other arbitration. words, arbitration. Arbitration. Like yes. Arbitration. You know. Have you ever done this? No, fortunately not. Uh, um, you know, uh, people uh, who do do sometimes these ruling uh, make themselves lots of enemies too. Because at the end of the day, right. if that's what they do, the people who who lose the uh, the case are usually not too happy. So it's funny. I once heard this from the Rebbe saying it by. Um, by uh, gathering, he said. In, he says when they were children, they used to say that the kids would make this uh, would, would comment like that. That he says, how come? You know, this guy comes to the dispute with another fellow, right? And the rabbi says, okay. He says, you know, you lost the case. Okay, so you got to pay up. You know, five hundred bucks. You got to pay to the. So the guy becomes an enemy from the rabbi. Now the rabbi ruled against him, so he's. Sworn enemy to the rabbi, you know. So they asked me, but why? Now that same Jew, you know, is also he sells uh, cattle, let's say, right? Then he goes in, he shechts them, he slaughters them, and you know, when you shech the animal, if it's not kosher, sometimes because they find, you know, when they open up the inside and they find that there's organs, there's something missing, something wrong, that animal cannot be sold for kosher meat. Now the difference between kosher meat and not kosher meat is a loss of at least five hundred dollars. And the guy has a question. He has a shaila, so he goes to the rabbi. He says, "The rabbi, is this animal kosher or not?" The rabbi says, "No, it's not kosher." He takes a loss of five hundred dollars. Guess what? He's not angry at the rabbi. He says, "The rabbi ruled what the Torah said, and I accept it." So why is it that same five hundred dollars? Right. 
that the rabbi causes him a loss, now he's angry. And over there he's not angry. He says he's not angry for his loss, he's angry the other ones win. <laughs> He will he will settle for his loss, but he won't right. settle for the other one. It's way. like when you watch the People's Court, which David was on once. The People's right, Court, yeah, yeah. And the People's Court, and this is true. Mm-hmm. David went to the People's Court. He had right. a small claims case, right? Which is where they get these cases from, right? And we went to Dedham to the, to the um, right courtroom, to the, you know, right. Uh, and they now, in, once you go on TV, and all these court cases are the same. It's the, the loser is paid by the show. You don't really lose it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the fact that you're on TV, you won already. Right. You can only, you can't lose. Can't lose. Understand? David won. Okay, he presented his case. And and he won. Presented, he cleaned them all, and it was done quickly at the last minute. And he charged a lot of money. And the guy said it was outrageous what David charged, which it probably was outrageous. But they called it the last minute. They didn't ask what he was going to charge. He's got union people. So he charged what he would charge, and he won. Now, the loser didn't have to pay any money. Because the show paid. When the show was over, this guy came out, you would think he had to pay triple out of his own pocket. He was so angry. He was so angry at David. This is he says because he made him he made him look bad he on just TV. He was angry. He believed that it was overcharging, and he he just was so angry, even though he didn't have to pay. So, so you're saying, uh, what? here's a guy. How can he be upset? He didn't. <laughs> but David won. That, yeah, yeah. Was that a, he, he didn't. I mean, it makes like the only way to explain it is what uh-huh. you said. Right. And the Medrash says something else. It says like this. He says that the king was one time going to reward his people that are helping him out and you know so there was you know two of the people over there and he says to the first person he says to him like this look it he says I'm gonna give you he says twice whatever I give you I'll give your second I'm gonna give him double what I give you ask me anything you want but guess whatever you get the other one gets double so he says like this, so if these people are getting along with each other, you right. know, they get along. So the guy says to himself, he says, one we're going to ask for, a thousand dollars, the other guy's going to get two thousand. I guess ten thousand, the other one's going to get twenty. Okay. But finally he says, you know he's going to get, so he says, okay, he says, can you give me a hundred thousand dollars? He gives him a hundred, the other one gets two hundred, and he's happy. That's only if they get along. What happens if they don't get along? The guy says, no, I can't. I don't know what we're going to ask you. Zero. No. No, it's better than that. It gets better. He says to the king, he says, you know what? I want you to poke out one of my eyes. <laughs> he's ready. He's ready to lose an eye. <laughs> so the other guy loses. <laughs> That's how much right. the other one is is more in his way than than he himself. And that's that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting